All right, what's going on, everybody? Uh, This is Gabe with the Small Business Bro Podcast, and today I want to dive in on the topic of knowing your numbers in your business. And this is really, I think for me, where you start to make the leap from working in your business to working on your business. And I say that because I look back at my path to learning how to quote and price and all that stuff. And it really grew to an actual like system, professional way, professional method of quoting when I started to know my numbers. And it can be, it, you know, it can be as simple as just knowing what your profit margin is to as in depth as what I have today, a true pricing matrix that has production rates for your equipment target man hour rates, uh, hourly in revenue income rates on certain larger installs. But ultimately, it is the first step that I took to start to really transform my business into not just like a day job business where I've created a job for myself. You know what I'm saying here? when you start, sometimes it's easy to just start putting your nose to the grindstone and just working all the time and not really paying attention and keeping your thumb on the pulse of your business. And what you do when that's your business is you've created a job for yourself and you're not really progressing towards getting out of the day-to-day grind and getting into an actual ownership position and growing the business. So I think when I when I started to, to pay attention to my numbers, my profit, all that stuff, it gave me confidence. When I go to quote a property, I know what I need to make on it. I know why I'm charging what I'm charging, which is so important as opposed to just pulling a number out of the air which is what a lot of people do in this in, in my industry, which is the green industry. So I'm gonna talk I'm gonna go through this process though of knowing your numbers and I'm gonna talk about really when I started the way that I started my business was I I literally began to cut some lawns and I knew a friend who was doing it as a high school student and he was telling me what how he would charge And so what he said was he would go to give a quote and he would basically ask the client, the potential client, well, what's this worth to you? And would try to get them to give a number first because oftentimes their number was higher than what he would charge. So he would try to get them to tell him what they wanted to pay and it would oftentimes be higher than what he would actually have charged them. So, which is, you know, I mean, it's fine for him because he was a high school student. He didn't need the money. He didn't have a true, like, LLC and all that stuff. But, like, once you actually go official, you're paying yourself a salary. You're reinvesting into the business, all that stuff. You need to know your numbers, and you need to be profitable. So so he would do that. He would he would ask them to tell them what, whatever the service was, how much it was worth to him. If they didn't do that, then he would give them a price based on making between $20 and $25 an hour. And I get, you know, when I started, that's, 
obviously that's how I I took his method and started using it. I started giving pricing based off of that twenty to twenty five dollars per man hour rate, and ultimately, like yeah, you can probably make when you're starting seventeen bucks an hour or something like that. Once you've taken out your overhead expenses, your gas, your oil, your equipment, all that stuff, you're probably sitting around seventeen dollars an hour that you're keeping and. You know, that's not bad for a high school student. You're you're making a lot more than most other people your age. So but so yeah, that's how I started. And pretty quickly I realized it was not effective. I was uh I was spending a lot of time in the field and not making a lot of money. And I started talking to some other guys who had a little bit more successful businesses. They were at this point out of the out of high school and started businesses were getting degrees in their field and were talking about what their prices were so I can distinctly remember talking to one guy who started his business in his neighborhood and got his mom was posting on Facebook telling all the neighbors oh hey here's my son he mows lawns you know if you need somebody contact him and he told me that he was charging a $50 minimum. And I was like, holy crap, this dude's charging way more than what I've really considered even starting at. How is that? I mean, how are people willing to pay that? And, and there's, you know, there's two different kind of things there with clientele type, but then also just, he knew what he needed to charge. And he knew if he didn't get at least $50 for driving to somebody's house unloading his equipment, working on the yard for a few minutes, and then leaving, it, it was not going to be profitable. So after kind of talking to him, I realized I really needed to pay attention and raise my rates a little bit. So pretty quickly out of the gate, this would have probably been three months into my journey in the lawn care business, I raised my rates to a $40 minimum. But I still had absolutely no clue why that was the number. And I had no idea what my profit margin was. This was literally just because I knew I didn't have a lot of money in my bank account. And I knew that I had friends who were owning or other business owners that I was talking to who were charging that amount. So obviously, some people are willing to pay it. I must be able to do that. And that around that time, I was pretty content to just start running on the, you know, the $40 minimum. And then I'd charge more if it was a big property. I'd, I'd take time. I'd start timing myself just to see what my hourly rate was. And, you know, if I could get it above 30 bucks an hour, I was happy. And, but I, again, I had no idea why that was the number. So it was around this time which would have been probably, I think I rolled with the $40 minimum probably for about a year, honestly, because I was, I was still in school at this time. I wasn't really full-time yet. So it was around this time that I started seeing what I would call kind of the writing on the wall, the, the red flags, kind of signals that were telling me I need to work on my business. And it took the shape of several different things from not making enough money in my bank account to reinvest significantly in the business, uh, or I guess not having enough money in my bank account to reinvest, and then uh, 
also just the amount of time I was spending trying to track down and collect payments and all that was brutal. And I, I was starting to recognize sub, almost subconsciously, I've got to start making changes in my business to make it more efficient, more profitable, and ultimately more professional. And so I started to listen to some podcasts on this topic of owning a business and making making it better, working on your business and doing doing business with excellence. And somewhere along the way, I kind of discovered some of the green industry podcasts, the lawn care podcasts, and started learning about these guys who really had the same experience I did. They started out with super cheap pricing, pretty quickly realized this actually isn't profitable. I've got to either increase my rates or switch to a new service that's way more profitable. So I started learning about how they were calculating their quotes and their their pricing, their man hour rates, all that stuff. And uh, that is when I started to see it started to learn about knowing your numbers. So, uh, and, and during this time too, I will add in, I read a book called Profit First, which is an extremely impactful book. If you haven't read it, you've got to read it because it gives you a system of knowing your numbers. It gives you a system of tracking your income, your expenses, your profit, and it helps you to have discipline and excellence in handling the money that's in your business which is so important if you're trying to grow or if you're trying to increase your profit margin or whatever your goal is, it's so important to to take control and have discipline with your with your numbers that are with within your business. So, after reading that book, after you know, listening to these podcasts and everything, I started to learn about this whole idea of having a man hour rate. And if you're not in the service industry, this might not make sense to you. Basically, the idea is for each man that's on a job, you apply an hourly rate to that person because you have to pay the person. You have an hourly overhead that you're that you're assuming you're going to recover during jobs. That's what we call overhead recovery. And there's other expenses along the line, but that's the general idea is you have these expenses and then you add on profit so that that employee is actually making the business money. And that's, that's the basic idea of the service industry model where you have an employee who goes out and you sell their labor at a higher rate than what you pay them and you keep the difference. So, and Mike Andes talks about this a lot, but ultimately the, gr- the green industry, the lawn care industry, whatever you want to call it, we sell labor. And so what one labor may cost me is $25 an hour. I'm going to sell to a client for $80 to $100 an hour. And that's just, those are generic numbers, but that's just the way that you look at it as a business owner because you're taking on the risk of you know owning the business, doing the project, furnishing the labor, furnishing the materials, all that. So you sell your labor to the client for a profit. That's how it works. So after uh, learning about this man hour rate, I started to really study, okay, well, what what is a good man hour rate for where I'm at? 
because I'm still trying to explosively grow. I don't want to be the most expensive guy. I don't also want to be the cheapest guy. I kind of want to be in the middle where I'm having a really solid close ratio on my leads, but also profitable. I mean, I want to both of those things. So I started looking at it and, and coming up with some numbers and I really was shooting for that $60 a man hour, 50 to $60 a man hour. It changed a lot in the past few years, but uh, was really shooting for that. And what I found was the best way to track it was to go time myself on properties. So when I showed up to a property, I would start the stopwatch on my phone and I would literally go do the whole property, service the whole thing. And when I got back in the truck, I would stop the stopwatch, write down my time for that property. And then I would know what my per man hour rate was. So, and that, while that's important, all it is is data. You ultimately, you don't really, that doesn't fix anything. All you have is knowledge of what you're making on that property. But I started to compile this data and then in the, while I was working or in the evenings, I'd be learning about well, how do you figure out what your true hourly cost is, including your overhead, paying an employee, or in this situation, I'd consider myself an employee of the business, so I'd be paying myself, paying for the hourly overhead, paying for uh, other expenses that may would come up with payroll if I had an employee, and all that stuff. And then you add on your gross profit on top of that, And that gives you your target hourly rate of whatever you want to make. And, and I think it's, it's pretty widely accepted. If you're in the green industry, you should not be charging less than $50 per man hour. If you're like, that's a very, very low price, I would say for the, for the green industry. But after learning all of that, I started to quote properties in a way that I knew would be profitable. And this is essentially how I would do it. I would send an estimate to the client and then I would say, hey, when I come service the property for the first time, I'll honor this estimate, but every time after that, the price might be slightly different. So I run based off of you know time and if I show up and it takes way longer than what I thought, I'm not gonna charge you for that, but just know I'm gonna have to increase the price Likewise, you know, if, if I show up and I've completely overestimated it, then, you know, I'll drop the price to whatever I need it to be. And then you get, you know, the client can get, you know, a little happiness out of that as well. And I would do that and it actually works pretty well. I would, I would send an estimate based off of a square footage of, I knew roughly how long it would take me and roughly what I was trying to make. And then I would go show up to the property, actually service it. And then I would get an actual time that I could run my hourly rate off of, and then I would change the price if I needed to. So, and and by this point, I was pretty accurate with my estimates, so I never really changed more than five or ten dollars off of the price. But I just think it's important to start coming up with some methods of pricing that you know you're going to be profitable on. So you may wonder, well, how do I know what my what, how do I know my numbers? How do I know what my expenses are? What profit margin should I be hitting? And I'm going to just go through a couple examples here. So for knowing your expenses, 
it's as simple as just looking at your bank account and going through the last month or six months or nine months, however long you've been in business. Ideally, if you've been in business for a year, that's going to give you the best snapshot of what your expenses are. And you just track every single money out, every single uh, withdrawal of that bank account, what that went to. So if you did a mulch job, then you're going to see a couple hundred dollars, a couple thousand dollars come out of your bank account to buy that mulch. Likewise, if you fill up at the gas station and you, you know, you put a little non-ethanol gas into your equipment, you fill up your truck, you see, you know, a hundred bucks come out of the bank account there for that. I pay for QuickBooks. I pay for DocuSign, these other online, these softwares that I access online to help my business with professionalism and efficiency. So that's another line item in my expense budget. So you tally up all of those expenses. And then the way that I calculate my hourly cost of overhead is I take that total number of expenses. Actually, let me stop there and say, that's not including materials. Materials don't count in this because that's a separate item. My uh, hourly your hourly overhead, I don't think that's supposed to include materials like like mulch or stone if you're doing stone installs. I don't think those typically count, at least when I'm doing maintenance, lawn maintenance. So for me, it's pretty much all the expenses aside from materials or subcontractor fees because I, I categorize those as a separate expense. But so I tally up all those numbers, and then I take that big chunk of what I've spent money on to operate my business, and then I divide that by the total number of hours that I've worked. And that gives me what my hourly overhead is. And then I know... Okay, at a minimum, to recover my overhead, I have to charge this amount, which for me, it happens to be like $11, I think. It's just over $10. So it's I just round up and say I have $11 of expenses per hour worked. And by the way, that should include reinvestment into the business. So like this year, for instance, I, I purchased a mower, and I think tax-wise, I'm not a certified tax professional, so consult your tax guy. But I think for me, if the whatever the item is is over like two thousand or twenty five hundred dollars, you're supposed to write it off over multiple years. You can't just write it all off in the first year. But I include that in my expenses because I spent that much money on my business and I can expect that the next year Although I may not have to recover the entire cost of that first mower, well, I might buy a second mower next year. I might buy another mower. So that's part of your expense, too. If you spent money on equipment and reinvested into your business that way, I would say include that in your hourly overhead so that you know you're making enough to do that constantly. So that's that's an important note to make. But once you have that hourly expense rate, you know, all right, I'm going to bake that into my pricing so that I know I'm recovering my expenses each each month, each you know year that I'm in business. 
Now, another important piece of that hourly rate is what you would pay an employee, which ultimately comes down to not just what you pay them, but all the other expenses you have on top of that. And that's something that employees and clients have a hard time understanding. It's not just the cost of, say, $15 to $20 an hour that you're going to be paying this employee. This employee is also all the expenses associated with that. So you're going to have payroll expenses. You're going to have taxes, insurance, workman's comp. You're going to have bonuses potentially as well at some, you know, if you're trying to do profit sharing or paying on performance, all that stuff comes into effect. And it really, it really isn't just what you're going to pay that employee. And so it, keep in mind all the other expenses associated with that employee and right now, I'm kind of running that number on a roughly, I'm saying $25 to $26 per hour. Once I factor in all the expenses of paying that employee, that's probably what it's going to cost me, $25 to $26 an hour. So that's part of your hourly rate. And then you you need to have a solid profit margin on top of that. So you need to have the the income that is going to allow you to grow, expand, pay the owner's salary, which is very important. talked about that in the last podcast. You as the owner of the business are priceless. And so you deserve a good salary. You deserve a good uh, owner's compensation. And that needs to be baked into the pricing as well. So those, all those numbers together kind of formulate your hourly rate. And then you're able to give quotes and bids with confidence based on that rate. So I know that when I go to a property, the hourly target rate that I'm trying to hit will give me that profitability that I need. Now, the way that I calculate that has really changed recently because I've come up with a pricing matrix and the pricing matrix is very in-depth. If you're in any industry where you use equipment, this is part of a... Uh, this should be part of your process. So every piece of equipment generally has a production rate. And it's as simple as in my industry, I know my zero turn mower that goes nine miles per, per hour can give me a production rate of roughly, roughly 50,000 square feet per hour. I know that if you're in the, the industry, that probably sounds super low, because according to the manufacturer, it can actually do something like four or five acres per hour. But that's I don't think that's calculating overcutting, going around obstacles in the yards, all that stuff. So when you factor in how much you're slowing down on properties or how much you're turning and all that stuff, your hourly production rate is actually a lot lower than what the manufacturer would say. So I run my business off of an actual production rate that I found by recording how long it took me to mow a 30-something thousand square foot property. And I know that with that production rate, I need to be making the per man hour rate to be profitable that I want to. And let's just say generically, you know, $60 a man hour is what a lot of people shoot for. So I know that I can do 50,000 square feet in an hour and that equates to I should be making $60 per hour. So when I 
go to quote a property, I measure the square feet and I compare that to the 50,000 that I know I can do per hour. And that gets me to the production rate that I need to make for, for my time or, or whatever. I know I can't really show it. I'm trying to explain this, but and then I, I do that same process for every piece of equipment that I use. So for my string trimmers, for my edgers, for my backpack blowers, there's they all have a production rate that's associated with an hourly rate that I can compare with a formula when I go to quote a property. So if the property, and I'm measuring it on Google Earth, if it's got 40,000 square feet of mowing, it's got 1,500 square feet of line trimming, and it's got 500 square or 500 linear feet of edging and then say 2500 square feet of blowing off with the drive with the blower like a driveway or something like that i can put all those numbers in and then i have a formula that automatically spits out a price that compiles all the hourly rates for all those things and that gives me the perfect price to be well i'm not going to say perfect pretty close to the perfect price to be profitable. And I know going forward, I have peace and confidence about giving out quotes because I know that I'm giving a price that's going to allow me to be profitable. And when I have an employee working in the business, more impo- this is the most important part. When I start hiring employees, I know that when they go to this property, I'm still going to be profitable because I've priced it to include the the cost of paying this employee. So I would encourage you, definitely come up with your hourly rate and then, you know, hit it hard with that. I do want to add in real quick. So I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I measure the hours I expect to work based on a 1,500 hours per year rate because... Here in South Carolina, we have a off season in the winter for about three months where, you know, time is really slow. You can still work, but it's just, it's a whole lot less hours. So I just go ahead and run my overhead and uh, recovery off of those 1500 worked hours. And that gives me the, you know, an accurate picture of, okay, as long as I'm hitting 1500 hours, I know I'll recover the overhead that I should, you know, all the fixed costs and all that stuff. So that's important. And then, um, yeah, if you know, if you know your pricing, you can find success in whatever field that you're in. So, and running it off of running your pricing off of production hours or production rates is really just one way you can quote so many different ways. And there's, there's not one specific one that's perfect, but I just know for me that works. So I would encourage you, whatever field you're in, record your operating procedures and how long they take you or how many square feet in an hour you can do, whatever industry you're in, record that data so that when it comes to making your prices, you know you're going to be profitable. And that way you're keeping the your thumb on the pulse of the business and inflation creep is not taking away your profit and all this other stuff, you know that as your expenses are increasing, your prices are able to increase as well to maintain a good profit margin. All right, that's pretty much the end of this one. I will talk about knowing your numbers more in the future. I got to 
get back to doing some other office work. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for further podcasts in the future. Thanks.